Hey, hey, welcome back, team. This is Beautiful Dust Specs, and I'm your host, Alex Hofeld, a high school biology and astronomy teacher, a yoga instructor, a personal trainer, and a general all-around nerd jock. And I'm here to enlighten you guys on the wonders of science to show you that if you peel back the layers of reality, you see the extraordinary in the ordinary. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to show you that science is a motivational tool. We spend so much time studying the science behind motivation. Use the wonders of nature to motivate yourself to do the things that you want to do right now today, and hopefully this episode will help you out a little bit. So I've been on a hiatus. I was upwards of 30 episodes, and I've taken probably close to over a month and a half off, which is not cool by any means, but I just took on too much. I'm coaching tennis right now. I'm teaching. I am training for my first marathon, which is why I'm recording this episode today, because tomorrow I'm actually going to run it. And I also got my second master's degree finished this week, so we're good to go. We're flowing. We're going to come back. We're going to come back with a vengeance here. So any of my faithful listeners out there, been waiting for a new episode. This one should do pretty well. Hopefully it'll get you going. Hopefully it'll motivate you to do something. And let's talk about energy. I try and bring energy to every episode. I try and bring energy to my classroom. And the thing about energy is that it's the biological currency of all things. So tomorrow I'm going to partake in this marathon, which I am terrified of. I've only ran upwards of 16 miles, and it's really hard. So everything after 16 miles is what we call a black box in in biology. Something's going to come in. Something's going to go out. We don't really know what's going to happen in between. I don't think I'm going to not fail, or I'm going to not fail. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to not fail. I don't think I'm going to fail. I think I'm going to be able to do it, which that's hopeful. Because I'm going to be very embarrassed for myself, my people, my peers, my clients, all of it, if I can't do this thing that I set out to do. But we're going to do it. The reason I do these things, the reason I partake in these crazy dynamic living ideas is because I understand the story of what it took to make me into the biological energetic thing that I get to be today. And this thing is pliable, it's malleable, it's amazing in any regard you can possibly think about. Tomorrow I'm going to take my 37 trillion cells and I'm going to put them through hell. I'm going to put them through a crazy thing that's just not many people ever really even truly want to do. And I'm going to do it just to see if I can do it. I'm going to do it just because I chose to. Am I a runner? No. Have I ran? Yes. Do I have asthma and I'm not built for running whatsoever? No. Do I miss my muscle that I've like melted away over these running things? You running people are crazy. I don't, I don't really, I don't love it. I don't love the running, but so energy in physics is a very unique anomaly and the universe itself pretty much breaks up into matter and energy that are governed by the four fundamental forces. So matter and energy are all that matter. <laughs> Get it? All the yeah, science joke. We got this. So the energy that is in me based on the first law of thermodynamics has been here since the dawn of time itself. Since the beginning of the beginning, 13.7 is 13.8 billion years ago in the big bang. When that thing erupted, it was a soup of matter and energy. It was just space and then it evolved into time, and then the fundamental forces quickly came out of existence, and then matter and energy separated and went on this incredible journey to not only create the matter that is today into the atoms, the elements, the periodic table, time, space, gravity, electromagnetism, the fundamental forces, and energy. And in physics, energy is kind of a unique thing. You know, you push your hands together, one hand moves, I shove my coffee cup right now, I'm transferring something into that cup to make it move. That's one of the definitions of energy. Something is transferred into one one object to another to do work, to make it move over time, to accelerate, to increase its change its velocity. You know all those all those buzz terms from physics. I might be using some of those wrong. Sorry, physics teachers. I'm a biology teacher. 
So this energy has been here forever, and it's this crazy anomaly of stuff. And the reason that we get to cherish it, the reason we get to use it, is because biology over an incredible journey of about 3.8 billion years has figured out a way for us to trap the energy, to use the energy. To us, energy is what we call ATP, adonium triphosphate. And this energy has been here forever, and it's what we need to move. It's what we need to function. It's really what our cells need to be able to do the five things that cells must be able to do. They must be able to create protein. They must be able to make energy to run it all. They need to regulate what goes into and out of them. They have to be able to communicate with the environment around them, and they have to be able to replicate. And all of these things take energy. So tomorrow... I'm going to take me, which is literally stardust, a ball of interstellar star debris, and I'm truly going to energize it and run this marathon on starlight. That's what we get to do as biological creatures. The ecologic, the ecology of all things around us is pretty much just the integration of energy. All of the energy that is in you, the energy that is coming out of my face right now that I'm converting into sound waves, into the ether, into my microphone was at one time starlight. It was sent down from that sun 93 million miles away that formed up roughly 5-ish billion years ago, 4.5 billion years ago, 5 billion years, I believe, 5.5 maybe, when the sun came into existence. And over this incredible eons, somehow, again, we're not going to get into that too much today, somehow life existed on this planet, but life was basic. Life was in this incredible biological soup of this of this probably big ocean. You know, the, the Earth started primarily as a, as a ball of molten rock and as it cooled there was this incredible million year rainstorm because one of the questions is you know i'm looking at my lake right now one of the questions is is like how did all this water get here but either way inside that water would have been the primordial ooze, would have been the ingredients required and, nece- and needed to make an, what's called an anaerobic bacteria, which we call the prokaryotes. They don't have the nucleuses, they don't have the membranes, the mitochondria, the ribosomes, the Golgi apparatus, the endoplasmic reticulum, all that boring stuff you learned about in biology class. It's actually not boring, I just, I'm sorry if it was boring to you because it's really amazing when you really break it down. But these dudes, 3.8 billion years ago, were what we call anaerobic. They didn't need oxygen. They didn't need it because there wasn't oxygen. There was no O2 in the atmosphere. Data shows and and fossil records and all other ice coring, a bunch of stuff that we can do, show that the primitive Earth would have been a CO2-rich environment, which is toxic to most of the animals and creatures that you think about today. So what takes place over this time is the the Earth, the universe, the, the Earth, the universe of life here, was just this primordial ooze of bacteria. So the question is, the story that is crazy told is the story of the endosymbiotic theory. How did these little single-celled organisms, which are prokaryotes, they do not have nucleuses, they have no membrane-bound structures, they have DNA and ribosomes and a cell wall and a cell membrane and can kind of absorb chemicals into them through their little process of chemosynthesis, they're a single cell. And again, if you ever did the cheek cell lab in biology where you get to see just truly how tiny the cells of you are, that's how big those things were, even smaller than that. I mean, that's not even right. They're way smaller smaller than your cheek cells. And that was the that was it. That was life on this planet, which is still amazing. It's still more life than we've ever found anywhere else. And the crazy question is is that how did life get so big? How did we how did life start to evolve and change into the big macromolecules of today? Through the process of evolution, what it required, it required was energy. So way back in the time, these little creatures are just going around, doing their little thing. And if, if Robert Kuroch would say, I'm, I'm, this, I, this idea for this episode came to me through a Radiolab episode, which you should totally check out, called Cellmates. You should be listening to Radiolab regardless, because it'll change your life. It's one of the dra- main driving motivators of why I'm trying to do what I'm trying to do. They're the mecca. 
So these little dudes were swimming around doing their thing, and for some reason, the theory states, and this makes sense for reasons I'm going to tell you, that two little bacteria bumped into one another. That as these creatures started to evolve and change, two of the little creatures, possibly an aerobic one, one that started to like and use the little oxygen that was out there, because... It's pretty crazy to think about because these 3.2 billion years ago, photosynthetic bacteria started to be, which means that the CO2 would have started to be converted into oxygen. So yes, all of the oxygen around you that you were going to breathe into your life right now came into existence because of the photosynthesizers, the autotrophs of the world, which is why you should go outside and high-five a tree, roll around in some grass and say, photosynthesis, baby, let's roll, it's the best. It turns oxygen, turns the CO2, which is toxic to you, you exhale it every time, into oxygen. So these little aerobic bacteria, meaning you think of aerobic exercise using oxygen, some way, somehow, endosymbiose into a bigger anaerobic bacteria. So these two bacteria came together and the aerobic bacteria did not digest the aerobic bacteria. That aerobic bacteria that's inside of us is what the mitochondria are today. So what happens over time is that this tiny little creature, this little tiny double symbiotic relationship where the oxygen and no oxygen creatures balanced each other out, allowed this original cell to have a mitochondria inside of it. A crazy, crazy mitochondria that has an electrical charge of 150 millivolts, which is nothing you could detect as a person. However, if you were to shrink yourself down to the size of a cell and look at it per volts per meter, it's roughly 30 million volts per meter, meaning that inside your cells, the mitochondria are literally spitting out lightning bolts. It's an equivalency to a lightning bolt, and inside the cell, the cell now has lightning. The cell now has a surplus of energy to start to change and start to make new genes, new proteins, new this, new that anything that you build you want to build a bigger company a bigger a bigger house a bigger body even you want to you want to put muscle on your frame you need energy it requires energy to do everything in the process of ATP and in this little craziness in this little world these two bacteria came into existence and then the mitochondria which are a bacteria started to binary fission they started to replicate inside the cell and then they replicated together over and over and over again and this cell proliferated because this cell is a BA this cell is winning this cell has energy it's going to get bigger and bigger and and bigger and from this from the cat from the from the correlation of the lightning from the lightning being obtained inside the cell all life today spawns from this all big life all eukaryotes which are the creatures that have nucleuses organelles you name it so what this is saying this is saying that these dudes these things you know in, in the world of just a countless amount of bacteria, they're not talking about like this happened all, all at once all over. What they're saying is that two tiny bacteria, for some reason, somehow in the primordial soup that was the primitive Earth-sized ocean, came together and coalesced into one another. Two dudes meeting, like you meeting your wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, whoever. The audacity that you get to meet the person you fall in love with is immense enough. These little dudes met and fell in love, and their love spawned the evolution of all things. I don't think they really fell in love. It's an analogy, you know what I'm talking about. They spawned everything. From this comes everything on the planet. You, me, the whales, the fish, the trees, the grass, the mushrooms, the fungus, anything that is big is here. Without this, there'd still probably be life on this planet, but it would be microbial life. Teeny, tiny, itty-bitty, tiny little things that are out there. And that's just insane to think about. To think about that the thing that I am today is this wondrous, amazing, interstellar stardust ball energized by starlight. 
oh my God, that just, it's enough to comprehend to just do everything. So as I go on to this marathon and you go out today and do something dynamic in your life, you are converting starlight. You're taking starlight and being able to turn it into energy because of this wondrous process. These two things allowed for the world of the, the relationship of photosynthesis and cellular respiration to come into existence. And this is the most, I, I, I'd love to write a book one day that talks about like my top 10 most amazing things in science. This is one of them. Photosynthesis is this amazing process that takes CO2 and turns it into oxygen primarily. That's one thing that it does. So in this primordial world, a very primitive world that's out there, it was all CO2, an incredibly toxic toxic environment. And then when they were able to start photosynthesis, it actually starts with what they believe are the stromatolites, a, a, a bacterial that evolved into an algae that, sa- that sat in the shallow seas because life or the rocks started to build up. This is a bigger conversation of the evolution of the planet itself. But now the shallow seas were there. They can hang on to the bottom, absorb the energy from the sun, can go through photosynthesis and turn the CO2 into the wondrous oxygen-rich environment that is today. You breathe oxygen all day, every day. You do it forever. Do you ever wonder why? Why do I breathe? Why do I have to inhale every single moment of my day? Because that is what is required to do cellular respiration inside these magical mitochondria that we're talking about now. You take in this, you take in the oxygen and you convert it. You take the oxygen, mix it with sugar, and it comes out as ATP and CO2 in essence. It's very simple. You exhale the CO2, inhale oxygen, it goes back and forth. Where did the sugar come from? The sugar came from photosynthesis. The plants, the, the, the bacteria, the fungus, fungus, sorry, those are not photosynthetic, they're heterotrophic. They mean they make their own food. They have to gather their own food just like you and me. The autotrophs of the world, auto meaning auto energy, make their own energy, they can take the sun and convert it into sugar. And then something eats them, that sugar gets transferred to them. Something eats the eater, sugar gets transferred to them. Something eats the eater, eater. And over the evol- over the, the ecological trophic pyramids, the trophic levels, the energy flow through an ecosystem, you get to ingest starlight. And that's it, baby. The starlight is what you're going to do. Every step that I take tomorrow, I think it's like f- over 50,000 steps I'll take in the marathon tomorrow. I don't know if it's that. It's something crazy. My watch told me one time. It's just insane. I can't, I don't know. I really want to know now. If anyone put in the comments how many steps you take in a, in a, in a, in a marathon, I'm not quite sure. Every step that I take, I'm going to convert starlight. I'm going to take starlight, push it into the ground using Newton's laws of motion. It's going to push me back and it's going to go forward, you know? And that's what this stuff is. All of this ability, these things that I can do, these things that I can partake in, the story of me being able to do and love the things that I love and think and feel and do whatever comes back to this amazing little evolutionary coincidence, possibly. The theories. Theories just explain the what, the why, and the how. They just explain a phenomenon that exists today. We have mitochondria. This theory explains it. It also explains where did the plant, where did the branch that led to the plants, where did they get their chloroplasts? This theory was, 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 uh, was, came into existence from Lynn Margulis in 1967, and she theorized this, that how did we get these membrane round structures within the greater membrane that is inside, that is the cell itself, this amazing machine this amazing little tiny working machines. And again, all living things on the planet are made of cells. All living things are made of cells. No cells come from pre-existing cells. Okay, that's part of the cell theory. Everything that we find has these things in common. They're made of cells. They're built by the same four macromolecules, proteins, lipids, carbohydrates, and nucleic acids. They have DNA at their core. So what she theorized and what this theory would state is that if this was an endosymbiotic relationship, 
the back the mito the mitochondria which are now we're learning bacteria and the chloroplasts which we're now learning are bacteria would have their own dna and in the 1980s this was proven mitochondria and chloroplasts have dna sequences relevant and equal sim very very similar not to a human but to a bacteria so I'm going to go out tomorrow and run this marathon and do the things that I love doing in this earth. You're going to go out and do the things you're love, going to love doing in this earth because of this symbiotic relationship. You have 37 trillion working cells inside you with countless mitochondria inside, especially in certain muscles. You know, like your muscle cells have like four times the mitochondria because they need four times the amount of energy. The biggest energy succubus in our, in our life is actually our brain. 25% of the energy that I'm ingesting from my buttered coffee in front of me is going to go to running my mind and allowing me to think walking, talking, thinking, being that I am. That's amazing. So I'm going to go out tomorrow and I'm going to embrace this symbiotic relationship. As I get tired and as I get worn out, I'm not kidding you that I will bring, I will think of the science. I will think of this symbiotic relationship that has evolved over 3.8 billion years to allow me to be the thing that I am. I will thank my mitochondria. I will go out and I will start to process this. My mind, your mind goes in all kinds of different directions when you hit exhaustion. It's a really weird, terrible Zen moment in your life. And that's it. So I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be an interstellar debris ball, a stardust ball that the atoms that are in me have been here for 13.7 billion years. The, the, the matter, I'm sorry, the matter that was in me took a while for it to form up into the atoms, hundreds of millions of years after the Big Bang, which is a whisper of time relative to the whole journey. Went on this crazy journey, formed into the solar system, formed the sun, and around the sun formed Earth. And over millennia, the atoms that have been here are going to be me. And it, that's so amazing. The, the matter that is is you, me, us. The thing that I get, I'm borrowing it. I, I have this little machine that I get to call Alex for a short period of time, and I'm going to embrace the chaos, and I'm going to love what I can do and experience what my body can be put through, that it can adapt to, that it can be, and just, just, just cause, baby, just because you see it now, you see that you get to be this amazing machine capable of love and dynamic living, capable of thought, capable of art, music, language, hatred, sadness, any of the emotions of the thing that we call the human experience exists because of this random coincidence. From two cells in a earth just teeming with cells somehow some way ingest each other come together in this beautiful symbiosis to create the energy to give us lightning inside our cells to fuel all things everything that we think of as this life and that's amazing and that's why you got to do the things that you want to do you got to be the person you want to be experience what your body can partake in because you get to be the star ball that you are you get to be a, a thing of 37 trillion cells one times 10 to the 27th atoms, crazy amount of atoms that are inside you. More nucleotides exist in your nucleus of your each of those cells than there are stars in the Milky Way galaxy. 200 billion plus or minus stars exist. You have more. Oh, it just you just have everything inside you. Your your body is teeming and it's ready to go. So that's it. Take that lightning that's inside those mitochondria, channel it, put it into the ground, let that ground propel you forward as you take the first step towards whatever it is you're going to do today. And then wish me luck. Hopefully I'll come back. We're going to get going here. I want to get this podcast fired up. Those of you guys that have been with me since the beginning, and hopefully this will pop up in your iTunes or whatever it is you're listening to, and you're going to be stoked on it. Please don't hate me that I've been gone. Don't pod fade, as Youngman Brown said. Your creative push. Great podcast. 
you know, we'll be back here. And if you're liking it, if this resonates with you, still always reach out to me uh, at beautiful dust, just beautiful dustbecks at gmail.com is the easiest way to reach me. Beautiful dustbecks on Facebook at Alex Hofeld on Twitter and beautiful dustbecks on Instagram. Any of those things are a good way to get out to me. And what you can do for me is leave a review, leave a rating. Let me know how this is going on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, whatever, and then share it with somebody. If this spoke to you and you have someone in your life that you think this would permeate with, that this would change their internal ether, let them know. Let them know what's up. Let them download it. And then be the thing that you are. Because remember, in the end, in this ever-expanding cosmos of all things everything, in the matter and energy soup that is life, you get to be this tiny, itty-bitty little dust speck. However, you're a beautiful dust speck, and I love you for it. Have a great week, everybody. Wish me luck. Peace.